0: Welcome to the Girl on Top, Shalin XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, after a little early fall break, we are back, and we're back to talk about something that I feel like is coming up a lot, not just in our lives, but in this particular season. And you know, we talk about seasons of our life and a season of this. No, I mean like fall, autumn, back to school. Maybe your first fall where you're not going back to school. You graduated and oh my God, you're just spat out into the world. It's also election season. It's the concept of standing up for your own opinions and therefore standing up for yourself in general. I feel like lately I've been getting a lot of pushback from people in my life, and of course I always get pushback from people on the internet, big whoop, but people in my life who are questioning why I think this, why I'm doing this, why are you wearing this? And so much of the time, this pushback, because that is how I see it, is framed as, well, just help me understand. And I literally said to a friend yesterday, I said, you know what? The reason I'm defensive and punchy about this is because the subtext of help me understand is clearly I don't understand. And the subtext of that is I don't understand because you're wrong. So you need to convince me why you are dressing like this. You need to convince me why you're voting like this, why you're thinking like this, why you're promoting this, because I don't get it. And I would get it if it was right, but I don't because it's wrong. How do we react in these situations? Can we insulate our lives from this kind of feedback? Well, as a matter of fact, Yes, we can, and I'll tell you how. But before we get started, I want to remind you guys to join me in the Chalantourage. It's our own cozy corner of the internet. No, it's not the metaverse, because I don't even know what that is. (laughs) It's our sort of little clubhouse. It's daily texts and articles from me, and I've been really excited about the new content we've had on there. I mean, we always have a bunch of exclusive storytime videos, bonus videos, bonus podcasts, Telegram chats with all of us that I'm on and we're all chit-chatting back and forth all day. But the new content, it's longer form. I'm writing long advice articles based on psychological studies that have come out and you know, just my own advice, how to clip anxiety, what my Sunday routine is like. And one study that came out that I was just fascinated by and I turned it into a little blog post for you guys was men are twice as likely to have erectile dysfunction, like they can't get it up, if their girlfriend is good friends with their boys. So if we hang out too much with our boyfriend's friends, soft wiener alert, isn't that fascinating? They can, apparently men consider it like emasculating. And I think even from a deeper caveman level, men might worry that the potential offspring with that girl might not be his. It could be his friends. You know, that's where a lot of that comes in. So he's like, yo, the wiener isn't even gonna work. If I don't know that the baby she's going to get pregnant with would be mine. So we're just going to take the wiener out of the equation. If she gets pregnant, I know it's not mine. Isn't that wild? I think that's fascinating because we're always taught like, oh, you should be close with like, you know, Hank and like Tyler and whatever. Well, not too close because you're going to be dealing with like limp city, baby. All right. (laughs) So go ahead and join me at the Chalandrage. We can talk soft wieners all day long. The link is right in the show notes and you can save 25% on your first three months And also, we're still raising funds for our shalligator Jerry Beth Silva down in Venezuela, who is rescuing dogs and cats off the street out of her own pocket. She's got a GoFundMe set up, and she wrote me the sweetest note the other day saying that because of us, because of the money we've raised, she's been able to pay off all of these vet debts that she had. She's been able to get some cats and dogs into new housing, buy some food for animal owners who can't afford to feed their animals. And inflation in Venezuela right now is 2,500%, 2,500%, so they got a lot of trouble down there, and we really can be a blessing to these little forgotten creatures who have fallen by the wayside. All right, let's get into this topic, because like I said, I feel like this is coming up lately. When we are going into a new school year, I don't know about you, but I would spend every summer trying to reinvent myself. You know, I had like a style in mind, or I had like a celebrity I was idolizing all summer and trying to look like them and trying to act like them. And I would always want to go back to school kind of like reborn, not totally, but it was a chance to step into, you know, a new start. It's a fresh start. And not everyone in your life is going to like that. Not everyone's going to be on board with that. And now that I'm an adult and I'm out of school, obviously, Hey, it's election season and I am voting now for the first time as someone who used to be very, very liberal and now I am, I would say very moderate. If you can be very middle, I'm very middle. Like there's a lot I agree with on both sides for sure. You know, I've always said I'm a body autonomy absolutist. The vaccine mandates made me fucking nuts because I don't wanna be told what to do with my body. So I was aligned with Republicans on that. But don't tell me I can't get an abortion. So I'm very aligned with Democrats on that. You know, it's, it's weird that there's not one party that just encompasses body autonomy. It's so bizarre. But this is where we're at. And so my liberal friends have been giving me a lot of, shall we say, feedback on my opinions and what I post. And it's funny. So many of them are like, I know you don't really believe the things you post. I know that you don't, do, you don't really believe these things. I said, first of all, I'm posting a very good mixed bag of opinions. Like, everyone knows I'm more liberal-leaning than anything. You know, abortion, yay, gay rights, of course, fantastic, whatever. But, yeah, I do believe what I post. Why, Why on earth would I post something I don't believe? From a brand standpoint, that's just a very bad idea, right? And what possible reason would I have is pretending to be someone I'm not. If I'm going to pretend to be someone I'm not, I would have stayed in corporate America. And I realized like, this is something, this is how that feedback comes sometime. Well, I know this isn't really who you are. You're not like the girl who's going to leave the Mormon church. It's not you. Oh, come on. Like, you're not really like a big city girl. You want to live in New York? Come on. You don't want to leave engineering. People say this to us. And it's, it's almost a form of like gaslighting. I feel like I've become so attuned to gaslighting. I'm calling everything gaslighting right now. Like when my mom learned the term download, and so everything was downloaded. And I'm like, mom, that's, we're not downloading the pasta. It's just, n- none of this is applicable. Anyway, I feel like it's a form of gaslighting. It's like, hey, this thing that you see in your life, your opinions, your desires, your career path, <laughs> You're not really seeing that, no. You're seeing some sort of weird hologram of that, some bizarre hallucination that you think you want that, but you don't. (laughs) You don't want that. You don't want to leave the church. You don't want to move to New York. What the fuck's wrong with you? Because that's the subtext. You don't know who you are. You don't really understand these messages coming from inside your own heart and your own brain, right? You're not really seeing this. I will tell you what the truth is. I'll tell you who you actually are, okay? And this is very difficult to see with any objectivity when it's coming from someone you know and ostensibly love and respect. Oh, well, they've known me for 10 years, 30 years, whatever. I guess they, they know me, so damn. Am I just wiling out? Am I spinning wildly out of control right now? Do I look like some extreme clown thinking, oh, I'm gonna move to New York City, and everyone's like, ugh, she's gonna crash and burn. Because our big fear when we step outside of ourselves or realize that, hey, you know, the path I was on doesn't work anymore. The season I was in has ended. I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm cutting my hair, I'm experimenting with different clothes and music and dating patterns and all this stuff. The big fear is that everyone's gonna laugh at us. Of course, right? Like, what does she think she's doing? What does she think she's doing? And when people in our lives couch it as, oh, honey, this isn't you, we listen to that. (laughs) Here's point number one. It isn't you. That's the entire point. I I know that this isn't the prior me, the me you've maybe always known. That's rather the point. It's like when you break up with a guy, he's like, you're never going to find anyone like me. I'm like, yeah, that's the point, dude. I don't want anyone like you. I want someone better than you. I want someone different. You're a bag of shit. Get out of my house. People don't like change. People don't like change. What are we as human beings? We are risk machines risk machines. We want things that are predictable, understandable, categorizable, which is why, and men are especially like this, where it's like, she's a good girl, she's a slut, she's a nerd, or she's the party girl. Like, they cannot see the myriad shades of gray that we as women are. But you know what? Other women, people we love, our friends, our family, they're not always better. They're not always much more attuned at shades of gray, because think about it. Think about it from a risk machine point of view. If suddenly this person in your life who's like stable and you know them and they're predictable in the chaos of the rest of the world, the world is spinning, everything is spiders, there's hurricanes, and uh, it's a nightmare, right? So we want to know that the people in our life can deliver us predictable outcomes to create order from chaos, e pluribus unum, for many one. So imagine how that throws a wrench into their risk machine when this person that they have deemed and relied on to be super stable suddenly isn't. Now you might be thinking, hold on, because I bought a pair of those nylon parachute pants that Haley Baldwin wears and I'm pairing it with a bodysuit, suddenly I'm like unstable and I am a touchstone of chaos to them? Yes, yes, isn't that fucking crazy? Isn't that crazy? And you might also be saying, why the fuck do they care? What I'm wearing, how I'm voting, if I'm listening to different music, even if I'm hanging out with a different crowd, why do they care? Well, it's the risk machine. Because we can sit here and say, like, it has no bearing on your life. If I'm promoting a manifestation course on my Instagram, which is literally how this conversation with my friend started. She's like, I just need you to explain to me why you think manifestation works, because I don't think it does. And I said that if you don't think it does, then it doesn't. That, I mean, that's like, that's, that's it. If you don't think going to the gym is going to give you any results, then you're right, because you're not gonna put in any effort. You've already decided the outcome. That's fine. I'm not here to convince everyone. I'm here to give people who are on that wavelength an opportunity, you know, just like, hey, here's an outlet for that. This might be the thing you're looking for. And if not, who cares? That's fine, I don't care. Take it or don't, man. And I even said to her, like, I don't need to explain this. Because again, it's coming from a place of you're wrong. So I need you to talk about it enough that you can hear yourself be wrong and you talk yourself out of it. Or you convince me out of your wrongness so I can feel a little bit better about this situation. I don't need someone to feel better about my situation. You ain't paying my bills. You ain't fucking me. You know, you don't really have any skin in this game so explain to me again why i need to spend my precious time my energy my bandwidth making you okay with my choices how does that work but again if you look at it through the lens of risk machine and predictability and are the people in my life predictable then it makes more sense, right? So a way to kind of quell this is to come at them from that lens of risk machine. Be like, hey, I'm still the same Shallon. I'm trying a new hairstyle. I'm going to different kinds of concerts. I'm moving to a different city. Like, I am going to change, but the core of who I am marches on. I am still your best friend. I am still a great listener. I am still on your team. I am still a Christian. I am still a Republican. You know, like, go back to the things that you really do still have in common. Go back to those things. Be like, some things are changing, but you know what? I am allowed to change. And I know the core of our relationship is solid enough that, yeah, I can move. I can cut my hair. I can date a goth. The world doesn't come to an end. And you know what? Put it right back on them. An incredibly good persuasive tactic is behavior mirroring. Instead of like harassing someone about what they're doing wrong, mirror their behavior. Be like, hey, do you remember when you moved to Dallas? And I was like, she hates country music. She hates cowboys. She hates the heat. She hates bugs. What the fuck is she doing? I didn't say those things because, listen, I wanted you to be out there exploring. Because even if you didn't love Dallas, you would have gotten data about that. And that's growth. And that's learning. And that's fantastic for you, right? So I can't imagine you're the kind of person who would want to limit my growth and therefore my learning and betterment, right? You're not that kind of person, right? Suddenly, they're defending themselves. Suddenly, they're explaining their position. And guess the fuck what? They're probably not gonna like doing that, right? There you go. They're gonna think twice, consciously or subconsciously, before they bring this up again. So be aware of how these things are packaged. Help me understand. I'm worried about you. Now look, if someone comes to you and says, someone you love, someone who knows you and says, I'm worried about you, hear them out. Hear them out. Like I've lost a lot of weight recently. And I've had people say, like, I'm kind of worried about you. Like, are you varying into an eating disorder? And I'd say, first of all, I'm like, look, I understand it's probably. Not easy for you to have this conversation with me. You know, I can be a bitch, like a bitch and a half. I can argue anyone into the ground. I don't like pushback. Like, I'm a fucking tyrant, you know, in my life. Okay. In my own life. I'm not a tyrant in other people's life. I'm a tyrant in my own life. This is my castle. I get to make the rules. So I acknowledge, like, this is, I get that this probably isn't like a fun conversation. You probably rehearsed in the car, blah, blah, blah. So like, thank you for caring enough about me to say something. Like, what specifically has indicated something that makes you worry. You know, I try to get data about it and I try to approach it neutrally. And if they're like, "Well, you know, you just you seem to be stressing if you gain a few pounds." I'm like, "Well, yeah, like I am terrified of being the weight I was because I was just so unhappy. I was just so unhappy." And I always make sure to say my weight that I was is someone else's goal weight and that's fantastic for them. Like that's great. You know, it's different strokes different folks. I don't look at you at your weight. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging these people. Like, this is a closed loop me thing. And I have the right to decide where I'm happy. And I'm happy at 122 pounds, you know? So, okay. I appreciate what you're saying. But, like, for now, I'm good. But if you keep noticing things as you th- see it getting worse or different or whatever, let me know. Let me know. It's kind of like a vague ending to the conversation, but that's sort of what you want. You don't want to make declarative statements like one way or the other. You don't want to say, oh my God, you're right. Let me go check myself into either an eating disorder rehab or a Wendy's and lock the door and just eat my way out. You don't want to say that. You also don't want to be punching and be like, you know what, Kristen, you're fat and that's why you're saying this. That's really not good. It's crazy and mean. You want to say, I hear you, and not really say much after that. Because why? What we permit, we promote. I want people to feel like they can talk to me, but I do not want people to feel like I owe them a declaration as a response, that I owe them movement after they talk to me. Do you see the difference? Hey, like you can stand up in a city council meeting and be like, I think we should move the stop signs. Are they going out right the fuck when you say that and moving the stop signs? No, they're like, "Okay, I mean, you know, we'll consider it. We'll like add it to the list, whatever. We hear you, but we're making zero promises about actual change after this. But hey, you know, I hear you and we'll take it into account. We will run this through our own analysis and spit out a yes or a no right? If people expect more than that, they expect too much and it's not appropriate. And people think it's appropriate because, but we've known each other for so long and you know, I love you and I'm, this is how I feel. And why are you voting Republican? Time don't mean shit. I don't care how long you've known this person. You've known yourself longer. I mean, unless it's your mother and you guys have shared a body for nine months, but still, Even if that's true, hey, y'all are neck and neck. You guys met at the exact same time. So you have equal skin in this game. You have an equal vote. So how do we stand up for ourselves? How do we take in messages? Okay. But actually, you know what? Now that I say that, no. No. How do we not have to constantly be bombarded with feedback and pushback and criticisms and disguised love? And we, you know, we just really want to understand why you're making this decision. We just want to understand. One thing I found is that if you can sort of brand yourself, for lack of a better word, as the person who knows herself very well and who does what is truly Real deal, holy field, 100% authentic to you in almost every scenario, eventually, actually sooner rather than later, people stop questioning you. If you go to a party and 20 minutes in, you're like, I'm just so tired. I'm sorry. I know I spent an hour getting ready only to be here for 20 minutes, but I got to go. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow for brunch. People aren't going to love it. They're going to be like, what the fuck? She just got here. What the fuck? She's leaving? Oh my God. But they're going to be like, OK, that's just who she is. They're going to accept it. If you present it in the right way, if it's like, you know what? This party fucking sucks. Ew, no, I'm leaving. That's not great. You're going to look like a brat and you're going to look more than anything reactive and not proactive. You're going to look like you're coming from a place of drama and hotheadedness. If actually, no, you really are just tired. All right, that's fine. Say it in an easy breezy way, a way that's like, no, you guys stay. Oh my gosh, have so much fun. Like, call me later, even if you need a ride. That's fine. But I just, it's been a long week. I gotta go. No apologies. No explanations. Have a good time. Bye. My behaviors, my lane have nothing to do with yours. That's always the vibe. I'm sorry if you're mad about this, but I would rather you be mad than me be mad at me because I only deal with you like a few hours, maybe a week. I deal with myself 24 hours in a day, in one day, all the hours, me. So I kind of got to be good with me, with my spending, with my eating, with where I'm going, with how late I'm staying out, with how I'm voting. Like, I really need me to be okay with this. I would love it if you were. But at the end of the day, quantitatively based on hours, Yikes, you're like a way radically distant second to the me. Hmm. So if you can always put yourself first, and I don't mean in a selfish way, but in a needs-based way, if your needs take a priority, you know, in many different categories, people will stop pushing back because it won't be an outlier that you're changing. That you're doing what works for you. It's like, hey, I don't know why she decided to move to New York City, but she always just kind of does her own thing. Like, that's just Shallon. That's just Hannah. Like, she just kind of marches to her own beat. Like, we don't always love it or agree with it, but you know what? She is really good in who she is. These are going to be micro-calculations, and you know what that does? That helps their risk machine, because they're going to look at you, not as that pillar of stability and that pillar of predictability. And that might mean there's a shift in where you fall in their life. I mean, it might. If they're a very neurotic person and neurotic people have low risk tolerance, they have low what's known as chaos tolerance, right? That's the thing. That's their whole deal is they don't have a lot of resilience. They can't roll with the punches. They freak the fuck out. I mean, we all know these people. So the people in their life must be incredibly stable. Well, I texted you today. Why didn't you text me back? Because I'm fucking busy. Oh my God. Leave me Get off me. Right? You, we all know those people who it's like, well, where have you been? Well, why? And they're like a toddler. So those people might deprioritize you a little bit. what a relief. Can you imagine anything better than a neurotic person not like using you as their go-to? As their touchstone of stability and sanity? Can you imagine that? It's called the economy of attention. we talked about this before. In like those friends who are like, I need to talk to you right now. And it's 1130 and I'm sending you a 500 word text. And like they need, they need, they need, they need. If you systematically do not meet that need, they pivot because that need of theirs will get met. That is priority number one, number one through 10. So if it's not you, they'd like it to be you, but. They need it to be someone more than they need it to be you. They need it to be anyone, right? So fuck it, whatever. They're dialing up everybody else in their phone. They're going on Snapchat. They're going live on Insta for this bullshit. Like they're getting that need met. And they might look at you and under their breath be like, oh, she's just not there for me. Okay, that's true. I'm not there for you. You know who I am here for? Myself. That's who I'm here for. Because myself is the one who I have to live with 24-7. Myself is who I have to be accountable to. Myself is the one paying my bills and making my bed and feeding my dog. That's not you. It's me. So the person that needs to be pleased all the time in my life is actually not you. It actually, in fact, is me. And I'm sorry if that's an incendiary concept to some people. I'm sorry if that hits them as an attack. When you look at it like that, What a ridiculous thing to feel attacked about. You want me to put your needs, your comfort over my own? And listen, we're not talking about if these are your children or even if these are your parents. Like I would put my mother's comfort over my own. Like, But that's, I'm an only child, it's a whole thing. I'm talking about just other people in your life. You need to come first. And when you know yourself in all categories, Pepsi versus Coke, I go to bed at this time, I get up at this time. I don't like to do spin class, I prefer Pilates. When you have opinions, now of course we're gonna be elastic in our lives, we're gonna try new things, but if we have data about things, no, I've done Peloton, I don't like it. It's like chafing your hoo hides. I don't like it. I like Pilates. Okay, great. When you are used to standing firm in that, people are less likely to push back because you're always doing what's best and authentic for you. Well, we may not like it, but this is who she is. And so therefore, they know, again, consciously or unconsciously, that if they come knocking on your door, looking for a fight about how you vote, or what you're posting, or this new bodysuit and these parachute nylon pants like Haley Baldwin wears, if they come to you asking for an explanation, damn. I feel a great swell of pity for that person. Because you're used to knowing yourself. You know exactly why you decided to try this. It's just something I want to try. Why does this bother you, Mackenzie? Does it have anything to do with you? Well, no, it just doesn't seem like you. Okay. well, that's the point is that I'm stepping outside of myself, I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to travel within my own life, right? Because what is traveling? It's exploration, it's curiosity, it's discovery, it's development, it's standing on your own two feet, it's being independent, it's taking a chance. Maybe I can't buy that ticket to France right now, but I can buy a bodysuit and parachute pants. And goddammit, here I am, traveling and experiencing all of those emotions within my closet via Amazon. Thank you for understanding. Some people just don't have that attitude about life. You know, everyone wants to think they do. Most people don't. We do, we do. Like if you watch my channel and you're here with me, you do. But a lot of people, the neurotic, the people who see you as a stabilizing force in their life, you know, not really. They want a degree of predictability. So get out in front of it and lean in and establish yourself as not that, not that. And here's a big tip I have, because I did this when I moved to Montana. And, you know, you would think I would have gotten a lot of pushback from people in my life when I moved. But first of all, I moved during the pandemic and people were like, that's fantastic. You're getting the fuck out of New York City. It was a garbage fire. I mean, it was literally dumpster fires all over Manhattan. So I don't think anyone was like, why would she do that? They're like, oh, no, I get it. But I I went further than that. I said to people in my life, like, look. I don't know who I'm going to become here. Maybe not one ounce different. Maybe I'll be a New Yorker wearing my all black and being a bitch to everybody just in a truck instead of a subway, (laughs) you know? Maybe I'll be the exact same. But I have a feeling I'm gonna do some changing. I don't know what that is. I don't know how that's gonna look. I don't know how it's gonna sound. Maybe I'm gonna have a twang. I don't know how it's gonna be when I vote. I don't know. But I just wanna kind of front load it and warn you guys, I'm in a season of growth and I'm in a season of change. So just kind of give me room to maneuver here, you know, because listen, I think when we have to justify everything we're doing, we entrench into that position, even if we don't actually like it, right? Like we, we know how this goes. We confront our little sister about her bag of shit boyfriend. She's like, well, I love him. And she probably doesn't. It's something called confirmation bias, because again, it's a risk machine thing. People want to feel right. They wouldn't feel like, no, I'm right. Because if they are confident in what they're doing, they feel like they have less risk in the world. So if you tell someone, like, your boyfriend is a garbage fire, if she says, yeah, fuck, he, he is a garbage fire, then her risk machine activates, and she's like, well, huh. I don't know that I can predict in myself the ability to choose someone quality. And that kicks up my chaos response, and that freaks me the fuck out. But I could do the opposite. I could double down and be like, no, I know exactly who he is, and I love it. I love that he spends $400 a month on vapes. I love it. Okay, now the risk machine is quieted down. The chaos machine has gone back to sleep. She can move forward, right? So if you're on the other side of this, if you're the person who's looking at a friend changing, being like, ah, confronting her about it, could do the opposite. Because listen, like when my friends are like, I don't think that you believe half this Republican stuff that you're saying. I'm like, oh, I believe it so bad. I die for it. I believe it more than anything. And maybe that's not true. But my friends who are moderate who are like, oh, like, like, let's talk about this. Oh my gosh, like, what's your opinion? You can just tell. They're just coming from a different place. My opinion is much more malleable. I am much more likely to be like, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Huh, yikes. That's weird on that side or this side. I'm much more open-minded. It's something I'm working on. I'm being less punchy and defensive, but that is a part of human nature. You know, there's a reason it has a name confirmation bias, because it happens all the time in every single category. So tell people that that's the season that you're in. I might be growing, I might be changing. Who I am as a person, my love for you, my empathy, my devotion to my family, to my religion, to my career, all of that's the same. And you know what though? I think. The real benefit of saying that up front, because, look, worst case, you don't change at all and nobody cares. Like, you know, like, I think we should say this kind of many times, like every year, every other year. Like, you know what? You might you might see a new me. There is a new sheriff in town. I'm trying to do X, Y, Z a little differently. I like to do this up front because I want to know who doesn't like it. I want to know from the jump who's like, um, you know, I just don't know if it's like going to be healthy for you to do. CrossFit. I mean, I don't know. Like, wait, you want to apply to law school? I don't know. I just, why would you want to start going to church? Like, ugh, institutionalized religion is, like, so toxic. Huh. Why do you care? Why does this affect your life? And you know what, what if we said that back? Like, I'm sorry, Kristen, like, how does that affect your life, though? I. Well, no, it doesn't. I'm just saying. Well, you're saying it from a point that you seem to have a very strong opinion about me wanting to go to church. So, I just don't know where that intensity is coming from because, like, it doesn't affect your life at all. So, like, what's the deal? Kristen will never fucking bring this up again. I got news for you. Kristen's a huge pussy. She's not bringing it up. If... You can push back on her pushback and especially in a group setting. So people are like, yikes. You can move in a lot more freedom, right? I love to know who's actually not on my team. It's like picking at your skin under a fluorescent light. You know, ostensibly you don't wanna find anything in your pores, but when you do, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, Ah, getting it out. It's so satisfying. It's gross and it's like frightening because you're like, wow, my skin is a nightmare, but it's satisfying. That's how I feel about smoking out people who actually aren't on my team. And my team is the team of growth. It's the team of self-discovery. It's the team of trying things. It's the team of fucking, let's see what data we get from this. Maybe we'll love it, maybe we'll hate it, but if we don't do anything, then we won't feel anything and nothing's gonna happen. So Let's just try, you know? It's the team of action. And I wanna know the people who aren't on that team because like, Do I want those people in my life? Do I want them front row to my decisions, undermining me and naysaying me and undercutting and hissing all these doubts in my ear? I don't know. I would rather have the action team and then knowing that people are of my mindset of, yeah, you know, life is about living. It's about trying. It's about changing. Then if they come to me and say, hey, mm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little, I see some things that, I don't know. Like, I just want to make sure you're okay. I am so much more likely to listen to those people. Because I know, like, we are much more in alignment. And they probably are coming from a place of love versus from the Kristen place of keeping you small, keeping you predictable to ameliorate their own neuroses. No. Not around here. I want to know what you guys have to say about this let me know. If you like this podcast, click like and subscribe and sharing it is always super helpful and a great way to get the word out. And if you want to connect with other shalligators, like I said, join me in the chalantourage for some bonus videos. You get access to all of our Alpha Academy sexy session hookup tutorials. I think there's like nine videos in there. It's a lot. We talk in sex a lot. Go ahead and click the link down in the show notes and we'll see you next week. See you later shalligators.